Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Hello, hello, and welcome to Four Fans of a streaming podcast from Fansided. We're doing it monthly now, and we're here to talk about everything that's coming and leaving Netflix. I'm Shay Corgan. Joining me is Josh Hill. Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, this is the perfect time to be digging into Netflix. I realized I'm watching a lot more stuff that I wanted to watch, kind of making my way through the queue. So, And it's been a great balance of sort of new stuff coming out, and then I feel like a lot of those, like, Oscar contenders, best movies that, you know, last December, it was like, I wanted to see these, but they're not streaming anywhere. Like, those are hitting. So you've got, like, Parasite, Portrait of a Lady. And now, come to Netflix, not to get ahead of ourselves, Uncut Gems. I know. I was a big Uncut Gems fan. I saw it multiple times in the theaters, which is a little weird, because it's not really a movie that you'd think of going and seeing multiple times. But when Adam Sandler goes hard for the drama, we saw him do it with Punch Drunk Love, then he does it for Uncut Gems. We'll give him another what, 15 years, he'll probably do it again. Uh, People who missed out on Uncut Gems, they're going to have a really great May when they figure out that that movie's brilliant. I don't know. The counterpoint there is that it's like, does any of us need more stress right now? (laughs) Like you're doing quarantine, you're trying to get through the day. How about you sit through two hours of the most nerve-wracking experience that any of us had in the theater last year? (laughs) It's true, but it's sports. It's going to be as close as we're getting to Kevin Garnett and basketball, people who need to bet can live vicariously through Adam Sandler's kid. Howard is the vicarious better that we want to live through. So that's, you got that if you're looking for it. There you go. Um, all right. So obviously spoilers guys, uncut gems is coming to Netflix, but that's not all. Um, looking at some of the new stuff that was really jumping out at me, space force, the Steve Carell, the office in space, Hollywood, which is the new Ryan Murphy show and the second season of dead to me. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Hollywood, the Ryan Murphy show. I was re- I was recently rewatching uh, Nip Tuck, and I want Hollywood to kind of be that blend of 
weird, pulpy, not afraid to go for the shock value thing. Because a lot of the things on Nip Talk, whoa, I can't believe they did that. And that was back in 2004, 2005, when we could kind of get away with a little bit more on cable drama. But Hollywood, that's what I'm looking forward to out of him. I don't know if it's just because I've been rewatching Nip Talk and I need more Ryan Murphy in my life, but I want to see what he's got going on there. I'm also really interested. It almost makes me want to rewatch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, not just because of the title, but the premise of like alternative history, old Hollywood and looking at, you know, a, a time and place, some real people, some not real people and sort of imagining what if certain things went differently. And I am curious to see how, uh, you know, Ryan Murphy's alt history compares to Quentin Tarantino's alt history. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's going to be a lot more gruesome. I think feel like Quentin Tarantino has a much more rosy uh, take on how things used to be where Ryan Murphy's not going to be afraid to kind of go for that weird pulp angle. Because you've got what the 911 show he has, then you have American Horror Story. This is all... I want to know what the culmination of Ryan Murphy's creativity is because he's gone all over the place from, you know, Nip Talk, like I was talking about, and then Glee, which is a hard left turn from that. And then we're back into American Horror Story. Now this. So he's, he's definitely one of the most fascinating television showrunners that we've seen in the last decade, decade and a half. So anything that he comes out with, um, I'm on board. Yeah, that is, when you first said more gruesome, I was like, how are we going to have more gruesome than Quentin Tarantino? And then I was like, wait, no, that actually checks out. (laughs) If anyone would come up with a more violent take on Hollywood history, it it would be Ryan Murphy. Um, So yeah, that's May 1st. Excited to see what's in store there. I'm also, I mentioned it, Space Force. I'm cautiously optimistic because... um, the I was really excited for HBO's Avenue Five, which had like a similar like strong collection of comedians in space workplace comedy, and I found that super disappointing. So now now I'm kind of tempering my expectations, but I know you know one of these weekends I'm just going to sit down and watch all of Space Force. It's going to happen. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. It's like it's a familiar kind of uh, recipe where you've got Steve Carell. You've got everything that we're people who want that nostalgia for the office. They're going to kind of, we want something new. Didn't really, you know, cause when uh, morning show came out, I was like, Oh, Steve Carell's on the show. This is going to be great. Turns out not so much with that character on, on morning show. So I feel like this is going to be more comfortable for people who want to tap into that nostalgia for the office and have something new. Cause I was also similarly disappointed by, the HBO show because I was like, oh, this is going to be great. But typically, those follow-ups, like Veep, was so huge, and then your first yeah. follow-up isn't necessarily as big. I feel like there's been some distance between The Office and this, or maybe we can get whether or not it's like as big as The Office or as popular. I think is not the way to approach it. It's how much can we enjoy it in the circumstances we're in, and it might end up being the perfect type of show to just turn your brain off and enjoy for a couple hours or for a weekend or however long it takes to binge it. And I'm curious to see sort of like how much, and this is perhaps my own fault for not doing more research on it, but like how much we're just getting Michael Scott in space versus, mm-hmm. cause we've seen like uh, Steve Carell absolutely has a wider range than that. But <laughs> when you see those sort of keywords lined up, you thinking like, Oh, it's going to be Michael Scott in space. Yeah. Well, when was the last time that Steve Carell was funny too? 
because he's gone on kind of this dramatic streak where he's like in a Timothy Chalamet movie and he's in Morning Show and he kind of really tried to get away from that office type of thing. I think what Burt Wonderstone was his last attempt to be funny and that wasn't a very good attempt. So kind of getting back into that, oh yeah, Steve Carell's funny mindset is going to be helpful, I think, for everybody. Yeah. What else is jumping out at you from the list? Lovebirds. The Lovebirds is jumping out at me. That's one that I was looking forward to seeing in theaters. I wasn't sure about how I felt when I saw the trailers for it in the theaters. But now that it's coming out on Netflix, it's kind of reinforcing this idea that I had when I saw the trailer. I was like, this kind of feels like it would be better as a Netflix movie or something that we could have on it. And that's not to be reductive of the talent involved. I think I'm really excited for it. But it feels like in this era of it's a lot easier to binge things, it's a lot easier to sit at home on a Friday night and get and join that cultural conversation over the weekend of, oh, hey, did you watch Tiger King? Oh, hey, did you watch this thing on Netflix? I feel like The Lovebirds is the perfect type of movie for that. It, it's almost better that it's coming out on Netflix. Maybe not for the investors who want to make their <laughs> money back, but for us, the consumer, I feel like it's a better format for it to come out on because we can all sit down on a Friday or a Saturday or Sunday whenever you get to it and then come back around to all our Zoom meetings on Monday and say, oh, hey, did you see the lovebirds? It's a lot more digestible that way. So I, I'm more hopeful that it's going to be a bigger hit now coming out on Netflix than it maybe would as like a comedy that comes and goes in a theater, which is, you know, a dime a dozen that we see this time of year. I'm totally with you. I When I saw the trailer, I laughed. I was into it, but I also had that sort of thought in the back of my head like are all the best jokes in the trailer is this one of those and if that's the case and i watch it on netflix i don't really care like it's so much more you hate to say it but the uh your standards are a bit lower because you haven't <laughs> shoved out 15 bucks and however much more you spend on popcorn um so yeah i'm excited i'm excited for that one as well and yeah speaking of funny though I, what caught my eye was the two comedy specials, one from Jerry Seinfeld and one from Hannah Gatsby, follow-up to Nanette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Hannah Gatsby one's got more interest for me than the Seinfeld one, just because Seinfeld's Seinfeld at this point. And I don't particularly find him that funny. I mean, the show is what it is, but also Seinfeld on his own. There's a very distinct dividing point between Curb Your Enthusiasm or Curb Your Enthusiasm and where Larry David's gone and where Seinfeld's gone, where those two powers, the Lennon and McCartney split up. We're kind of finding out which one was more responsible for all of the comedy on Seinfeld. So I don't really know how I'm going to feel about the Seinfeld one after that one comes and goes. It's going to be an easy, yeah, I watched it, thought it was funny, these jokes work, whatever. The Hannah Gatsby ones, that's the, to me, the marquee, I really want to see this one, because I'm excited about her comedy. I'm really interested in seeing where that one's going to go next. Yeah, I there's a curiosity element to the Seinfeld one for me, where I feel like we've seen, you know, new stand-ups, particularly on Netflix, from a lot of these sort of legendary old-school comedians, and we see them just kind of, not play the hits, but like, they're not really doing anything new, and almost to the point that they can come under fire for like leaning on their old jokes and not old material, but just, I don't know. They're not doing anything new. And I think by nature of being at an earlier stage in her career, the idea of there being a Hannah Gadsby special is just so much more promising and interesting. I'm interested in seeing what Seinfeld works with, with the material because he's not a 2020s comedian. His material is very, 
old school, you know, where's the fruit, where's the nuts type of stuff? What, what about airline food? That kind of observational comedy. I want to know, because now he's also, so we have this idea of Seinfeld as the safe comedian. I want to know what happens if he veers into commenting on cancel culture and uh, commenting on the PC culture, which he's kind of done with certain episodes of uh, his Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee show. What happens if he goes a little too far over that way? Does he become part of the conversation again, part of our mainstream talking points because of the same things that kind of happened to Chappelle when he came back and he veered too far away from people's comfort zone and what we remember him for being? And maybe he says some wrong things and now we're talking about Seinfeld in a certain way. So that's I'm, I'm with you with the curiosity. My, my curiosity is very morbid in seeing what, what Seinfeld does. Yeah. Well, keeping on the comedy track, then another new addition to Netflix that jumped out at me is the Kimmy Schmidt special, mm-hmm. which is being billed as another like interactive story special. I um, almost on principle never participated or did the Black Mirror one of those. Um, whose colon name I'm blanking on? Um, did you? Where how do you? Where are you at with interactive storytelling? I was into it when I wasn't able to have video games as readily available to me. <laughs> now that we can't go outside, I find myself playing more video games, which takes away what little value there was to, hey, this is interactive. It's not like, it's one of those like old goosebump choose your own adventure stories. It's like, look, I don't want to be involved. I'm here to be entertained. Just give me the story. <laughs> I trust you. You are the creators of this show, this story. Take me on the journey. I don't. I don't really need to pick where I'm going. So my, the the interest here is the Kimmy Schmidt element because yeah. I I'm in. I like Kimmy Schmidt. It has my 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 good faith. Now adding this weird element, um, I want to see what they do with it. If it's self aware, if it's kind of making fun of that. How, how can a show that's already established is extremely smart and well put together incorporate a weird kind of gimmicky? thing to its otherwise you know pretty flawless execution yeah and the black mirror like it's fit because Mm -hmm. the idea of an interactive you know not smarter than you but it all it's all in line with like black mirror the premise of the show with kimmy schmidt feels a little more not forced because to my shock a little bit they haven't been churning these out but yeah I, i i'm with you it's like i don't really know what to do what what why i my big thing these days has been sort of anytime i see a movie or a tv show or any entertainment news being like why why can everyone just ask themselves why before they make things it would be a good starting place um and so i'm I'm curious to see how that all pans out but it will be nice to have that sort of brand of brightly colored positive comedy back on our screens yeah, that's uh, really all I'm asking for at this point. <laughs> I guess if that wants to be interactive, if it wants to have me be interactive in joy, sure. This is It's perfect timing for that. Yes, indeed. Um, I also want to touch a little bit on some of the non-Netflix originals that are coming. I'm pretty excited about Back to the Future. That was one that I was not on. Netflix already, uh, but I was excited to see on the short list there. The other thing, though, just to kind of hop around here, I saw that there was Jarhead was coming, and I was like, oh, neat. And then I saw that Jarhead 2 and Jarhead 3 were coming. I had no idea they made two sequels to Jarhead. 
And again, why? <laughs> I know. I had that written down in my notes. I'm like, Jarhead 2 and 3, question mark? Like, <laughs> when did these happen? And also, capital, why did these happen? Like, the first one, it's... I had only seen it a couple of times. It had been probably a solid decade since I've watched the first Jarhead, but I nothing in my recollection of that movie screamed it left an open door for a sequel. What? Right. I don't understand this. What are, is Jake Gyllenhaal involved? No, so I'm out. It's just yeah. like, <laughs> again, like the Seinfeld thing, I'm like morbidly curious. I'm like, do I want to kill like an hour just like checking out the first half of this movie and then you know saying that I did it, a war of attrition type of thing? Yeah, we're going to check in late May, still doing this stay-at-home thing. And I'm like, well, I watched both. I watched all three Jarheads. <laughs> I'm in a really dark place right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And I liked, I was into the idea of both Willy Wonka and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So you've got Gene Wilder and uh, Johnny Depp's Wonka's coming to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Do you have a Wonka allegiance? I am very anti Johnny Depp Willy Wonka just because it freaks me out I, I lost it when he was like so the first one the uh, Gene Wilder Willy Wonka is this kind of childlike joy it's, it's very embedded in people's childhood for one reason and also like the way it's presented is it's a very childlike approach to it and then Johnny Depp's like I'm gonna do that but what if I mixed it with Marilyn Manson and I'm like no out because that's not really what I'm looking for out of my Willy Wonka so I'm pro pro Gene Wilder. I think maybe Giant Depp's wig ruined that. Like his performance is creepy, but so was Gene Wilder in a little way. Like there was like there's a there's menace to to Willie, but the wig was like no no this is too far. I can't watch this like this. Yeah, the wig was too far. I also want to blame Tim Burton for because while Gene Wilder was, if you take him out and isolate that character, it's like I don't want to like spend a whole lot of time with Willy Wonka. But the the, the world in which he existed in was a bit more easy to digest than what Tim Burton was doing. Where it's like not only is Willy Wonka this weird like shock rock guy, we've also got this really gothic background to it. I'm like I'm that I'm really not going for that one. When was the last time Tim Burton made, like, a banger? I want to say Sweeney Todd. Yeah. And that's like, I feel like at that time we were even like, this is kind of pushing it. And it's been just a void since then. It's a shame that still evokes excitement when you see it attached to a project. Yeah. Not for good reason. (laughs) Or not (laughs) not for good reason, but it's been a while since it's been proven out which is incredible when disney was like hey tim how are you feeling about dumbo and he's like let me tell you how i'm feeling about dumbo and then show you repeatedly how i'm feeling about dumbo like good god yeah man i forgot about that yikes uh all right what else you got what else on the what's coming to netflix in may list are you circling marking definitely watching well if we're talking about kind of revisiting good films of a filmmaker wondering when the last real banger that they had um curious case of benjamin buttons coming to netflix i'm a big david fincher fan and that's one of my least favorite david fincher movies because it feels the most like i'm flexing for an oscar david fincher it's this huge epic i think it's like three hours long or something like that where it got brad pitt in there he's aging backwards kate blanchett's in there it's 
a, I remember it being a good movie, but I, it's one of those, I revisited Zodiac when it was on Netflix and I liked it a lot better than I did the first couple times I watched it. And I, I rewatched it a few times, which is kind of unheard of because it's a three hour movie. <laughs> so I'm wondering if the curious case of Benjamin Button is going to have the same effect where it's this thing that I haven't really gone back to. And a lot of people haven't gone back to because that kind of had its moment where it's like, everybody was like, oh, Brad Pitt's aging backwards. Let's go see this movie. And then it's, we haven't heard much from it since like 2007 when it came out or something like that. So I'm really looking forward to, to going back to that one and seeing if there's a different spin on it now. If we have some perspective in the decade or so that since it's been out. So that one's, that one's big circled on my list. Also, is, I believe the Michelle Obama documentary is coming. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Um, need some Obama in my life, so oh. <laughs> fill the cup a little bit. And well, and well, just see my favorite former Chicago residents. <laughs> yeah, uh, just just any any form of Obama, I'll take mm-hmm. right now, and especially Michelle because she had the book come out, which everybody read. It, it was really good, and now kind of getting that deeper dive on who she is and that side of this grand American family. Uh, that that's something I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. And I always add on the Benjamin Button note, it feels like it's going to be particularly resonant since so many people moved home. So we're all aging backwards into regressing into children. Um, All right. Now let's shift gears a little bit and talk about what's leaving because Netflix, ever our fickle overlord, gives us a whole bunch of good stuff and then pulls stuff away. And if you're not watching... I feel like I've frequently had things on my to-watch list. I'm like, I'll get to that. And then I'm like, all right, now's the time. And it's gone. All right. What are you bummed about? Uh, Well, I'll lead off with Space Jam's leaving on May 1st, um, which is interesting. I'm not personally bummed about that because, let's be real, I own it on two different formats, VHS and Blu-ray. So I can rewatch it anytime I want. I'm just curious that they're pulling it. And I know that there's different things working at this, but we haven't gotten to the Space Jam episode of The Last Dance. And I feel like that is going to be something that people are going to kind of gravitate towards. Like, oh, yeah, Space Jam. Not that we haven't already. Like, basketball Twitter is always looking to rewatch <laughs> Space Jam. But now that everybody's rediscovering the 90s bulls and everybody's got this nostalgia for that era... Having Space Jam not on Netflix seems like a little bit of a curious choice. Granted, that schedule's got moved around. But that's notable. That, that one stuck out to me. Um, and then the Bob Ross show's leaving at the end of the month. R.I.P. Bob Ross. Twice. <laughs> but we're getting all the Thomas the Tank Engine shows instead, which for some reason those seem like shared audiences to me. Where it's like, on one hand, the addition of all this like Thomas and Friends episodes are definitely... Uh, just for like parents needing to occupy their children, but also I feel like there's definitely going to be like a cult undercurrent there of like adults who are, uh, you know, maybe on mind altering substances, <laughs> leaning all the way in. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, I was looking at the leaving list and young adult really stuck yeah. out to me that the Charlize Theron film is one of her best and I felt like one that was totally slept on when it was released and definitely one that I'm thinking about hopefully revisiting this week before May 1st now that I know it's going away Um, yeah that and the Austin Powers movies leading to that was another one where it's like 
Netflix does this thing where they'll have, like you're saying, they're floating around in the background, and you're like, I'll get around to that one. The Austin Power movies are here. That's great. I'll get to it. Scandal is another one that's kind of hanging around in the background. That's amazing. <laughs> Where I'm like, oh, I'll get to it. Now it's like, nope, got to get to it before the middle of the month. The scandal's leaving. Binge all seven seasons of that bad boy. Um, but yeah, Austin Powers, that's another one. A nice comfort food movie trilogy, because yeah, there's three of them, that you want to lean back on. So another one that perhaps the mind-altering substances break <laughs> the bar a little bit. If for time is a nice perspective for Benjamin Button, yeah. there are other ways to, to revisit Austin Powers and enjoy it in New what was interesting about that one to me is it, it reminded me, because we talked about it so much when we were doing our James Bond brainstorms, it reminded me that James Bond was supposed to come out, you know, a couple of weeks ago and or last week, I don't know, sometime and in April and it just didn't. And it, I, you wonder how much of that was like, mm-hmm. how many people would have been revisiting Austin Powers if now this had happened and like Bond was coming out and all that good stuff. All right. Um feel like we've sort of covered our stuff here i just want to give one last question for you to wrap up what is and we've kind of covered this but if you had to pick one what is the one thing you want to watch before it leaves may 1st and what's the first thing you're going to watch in may the first thing i'm going to watch in may is hollywood because kind of the reasons that we explained really hyped for it if there's somebody who's going to lean into oh my God, look at all of these 50s, 60s, these old school Hollywood actors engaging in drugs, sex, violence. Oh, it's Brian Murphy. And he's going to give it just to a, in a way that it's going to work and also be like a little unsettling. And it's going to kind of keep, it's going to be as close to what experiencing prestige TV on in the normal world would feel like, I think. So I'm looking forward to that. And I think going to have to give evolution one last view before it leaves on netflix <laughs> to kind of tie a bow around us talking about goofy movies that are probably worse than we want to remember evolution's a classic like it's not funny it's not really that good but it's hilarious because it's just so stupid um very low brow very high rating from me <laughs> what about you perfect um i'm definitely going hollywood too for the reasons you said it feels like i'm hopeful optimistic that it's kind of going to be you know the entertainment world's last dance where it's like we have we have we get an item that we can all kind of like gravitate around again um and occupy us for at least a weekend and we can have little like side fights here and there about accuracy and you know memes and all that good stuff and then my top of the list before the weekends i think i gotta go limitless which is just something that i'm like i i I genuinely don't know if i've seen it i think maybe i have but also maybe i haven't but I just, it feels like the kind of thing that like Thursday night, make myself some dinner, open a bottle of wine and just let it happen. And then, you know, start the month, month anew. I love it. I think I'm going to steal that plan actually now. I'm not changing my answer, but I'm just stealing your plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks talking thanks everyone for listening that is our show for fans of a streaming podcast about all things tv movies and mostly netflix we'll be doing this every month diving into the what's coming to and what's leaving netflix lists uh like listen subscribe drop us a review tell us what you're watching you know follow us on all the social media platforms and we'll talk to you next month
Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money. 